Welcome back to the American Soccer Crash Course. Uh, coming to you on audio. The, uh, you know, we've talked about how the producer's been fighting hard for that raise, but uh, guys, he forgot all his equipment at home. So this is, this is an audio-only one. The, the boys got together for the game today. Um, we were at the Greystone Pub here in Chicago, which normally is a Chelsea bar. So it was, uh, it was fitting that we got to see our, our Chelsea star, Pulisic, score the, score the winner today. Um, Kind of decent atmosphere before Lodge and I, you, you and I got there like 45 minutes early, held our table down, uh, and Max showed up right around game time with, with his laptop, as, as many people were doing, middle of a Tuesday. Uh, uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was a really good atmosphere. That was like the first time I personally had watched a soccer game in a, uh, in a soccer bar, so that, that was exciting. Um, just the, the hysteria. I didn't actually see the goal go in the back of the net, and so had to rely on everyone else going crazy to – to really know for sure. But, uh, Lodge, you got any comments on the atmosphere? <clears throat> yeah, the atmosphere was pretty cool. Um, I actually loved that there weren't, uh, there wasn't a lot of standing room availability for other people. So it was pretty much everybody at their tables kind of in their selective groups. Um, but a lot of kind of room to, for limbs. So when <laughs> the U.S. scored or when we ended up winning, it was a lot of room to kind of go crazy for a little bit as opposed to just being packed in. So I love that. It was a great atmosphere. Guys, your headline for the game. What, what would you What would you do? You're the You're the editor of the New York Times. What's your What's your sports headline? I think my headline is the destined for success. Um, <laughs> really based on the uh, performance of Sergio Dest is probably the best player on the field today. Um, and I think really from here, I mean, this was just a, really a pressure pack game for the United. It's, I think from out, I think the U.S. has sort of full um, of getting out of the group stage. And I think now, you know, we can consider this, I don't know, a, a complete success, but I think we can be satisfied with uh, with where we're at. And I think he was the kind of the man that put us over the top today. So that would be my headline. What about you, Lodge? Yeah, um, I've got two. Number one, and breathe. I think that was a collective – everybody was holding their breath for the last 20 to 30 minutes of that game. I was definitely, as you said, on pins and needles, freaking out at the TV, screaming at it. Um, <laughs> I needed to take a quick walk around um, and catch my breath for a little bit of time after the game. Um, but then my second one would probably be uh, free soccer. You know how when we get into overtime and U.S. sports, they call it free <laughs> basketball or whatever. I think this is free soccer. I think, as you said, we're, we're past the point of where we thought we were going to get. And now everything from here is just a bonus, kind of icing on the cake. Nice. It's all gravy. Uh, echoing the sentiments largely here. Mine would be a mission accomplished. I think it is fitting. I think that the U.S. went to get out of the group stage. Um, that would be a, a considered a success. Today's lineup was the youngest lineup used at the World Cup, period. Um, and they had to get the job done, and they did today. And, wow, I mean, what an advert for just absolutely nerve-wracking soccer. I mean, stuff I don't think you get in many other sports. I, I can't ever remember being that nerve-wracked over a, a long, long span. Um, that was, it was really incredible. Yeah, um, it was, I mean, it was excruciating that last, those last twenty minutes. I mean, and I guess I think this gets to one of the things 
maybe we, we don't love about this U.S. team is it just feels like we were hanging on. And it feels like that even in the Wales game and in the England game, it felt like we were just really hanging on to get through that group stage. Yeah. Um, so to finally see that come to fruition is a huge, just a huge sigh of relief. Yeah, just, just to jump into the lineups there, um, it was the same lineup as the Wales game other than taking Walker Zimmerman out for Cameron Carter Vickers. And so it was a lot of people clamoring for him to be in the team just based on his, his club performance. Um, and Walker Zimmerman over the first two games uh, defended pretty well other than the terrible penalty that he gave away against Wales and then was kind of called into question for some of his distribution, his passing uh, during, the, during the England game. So uh, you have to think that that largely played into it. I also heard that they felt like Cameron Carter-Vickers was quicker than Zimmerman. Iran's biggest threat was to was to counterattack. Um, uh, like when the U.S. lost the ball in possession and run, run down the field, so they felt like his speed might be a factor. But what was your guys' gut feelings when when initially saw that thing come out, Max? I'll, I'll kick it over to you first. Yeah, I mean, I think at first, I mean, I think the first reaction was surprise from all of us, and I, I think was maybe a little bit of, I, I guess, doubt um, for for how that was going to go. You know, Walker Zimmerman had the mistake. Um, in the first game, but I think we had all thought apart that he had been pretty solid. I know there's some talk about the distribution, but we had all been pretty comfortable with those two in the center next to Tim Reed. So I think coming in, it was a little bit of surprise and maybe doubt over, you know, how, you know, Carter Vickers would hold up having not played yet. But honestly, I got to, you know, to my cap to him, I thought he played a really good game overall. Um, and I think in all aspects of the game, defensively, he was solid. Um, and I think was good passing wise. So I, I think, Hats off to Carter Vickers, really. I think one of my players of the game, really, for the way he stepped in. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much with you there. Um, the lineup was exactly what we expected from Greg. I don't think there was any shockers there other than the addition of Cameron Carter Vickers, um, which we knew we were going to have possession that game. I think it was a good man management call. Yeah, um, and Greg was vindicated. So uh, ran, that, ran the 4-3-3 system. Yeah, just, just to get into the, the big game moments. So – the U.S. came out, it felt a lot like the Wales game. The midfield was battling. Um, a lot of people expected Iran to just full-on bunker, but that wasn't really what they did. They played a more balanced style. Sometimes they were putting lots of numbers between the ball and the, and the goal, but other times they were coming out and trying to press us. Uh, the MMA midfield was, was awesome. I thought Sir GM Des was awesome. Pulisic was sharp. Josh Sargent was, was dropping deep um, and combining with his teammates from the striker position. And, Tim Weah, although I, I, I did get some uh, texts from my friends who were watching the game who said, you know, Tim Weah has seemingly blown chances for us this game. I did think he continued to be instrumental in providing with and, and being dangerous in a way that, that was still important for us, um, despite maybe some of his his uh, mistakes. But the chances, Serginio desperate a low, uh, low quick cross in the box that caused some problems for the goalie. Uh, Pulisic had a snapping header. Tim Weah had multiple chances. I think there was a ball played in. He had so much time in the box, and he just probably could not hear his teammates screaming time at him, so he just kind of a shitty header right to the keeper. But, you know, can't fault him for putting the ball on that. That's what we needed this game. Yeah. Um, and another chance to over. Uh, and then the, the big one, the winning goal, the the main moment came from our main man, our uh, the LeBron James of soccer. If you Really great build-up from the U.S. I believe it was Turner hit a big swing pass out. Matt Turner, our goalie, 
big swing and pass out that was controlled nicely by Tim Weah, uh, got it into the midfield, got it up the field, eventually made its way to Weston McKinney, who uh, spotted the, the forward run of right back, Serginio Dest, and played a gorgeous ball over the top to, uh, to Dest, who then headed it perfectly in Pulisic's direction, who put his body in the line, uh, specifically as, uh, as somebody pointed out, his Pulisic's, um, and put the ball in and paid the price. My, my, the first place my mind went was VAR. I, I out of okay. when that ball was first played, I didn't have a good I didn't have a good idea of where Dest was. So in my head, I was like, "Wait, please tell me that ball to Dest wasn't off." Please. The first thought that popped in my head was 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 VAR. Um, as soon as I saw that, you know, we were in the clear, and and then I was pretty pumped. But I guess also, I guess a little concerned for Pulisic. But I, you know, I, I'm I've watched a lot of him play, and I was like, "Ah, he's fine." So I, I mm-hmm. think the first reaction was definitely the. Uh, was definitely the VAR concern as it is, but I mean, yeah, just an incredible moment. First thought was balls, right? Because I feel like <laughs> you see so many players score big goals like that, and they could have gotten killed. But they're gonna find some way to celebrate, right? Like even if they're down on the ground, kind of hurt, they're gonna be like smiling at their teammates or something like that. And when I just saw mm-hmm. pure agony, no happiness at the biggest goal that he's probably ever scored um i knew i knew there's something ball related going on <laughs> but it really felt like the u.s had chances they had chances up until that point but then there was a a specific kind of fast break sprung by tyler adams with some with some really good footwork in a tight area um i believe it was sergeant and Wea, and then Pulisic was trailing and sergeant didn't quite see Plistic. Again, Lodge, kind of what you said. Uh, feels like the Vuvuzelas were, were really interfering with communication today on multiple occasions. Uh, but did not see Pulisic coming to his left. If he was a little more patient, they could have ran a three-man weave. Passed it to Wea, who then tried to pass it back to Sargent, and then they, they really blew a great opportunity to make it 2-0. And right at the end of the first half, Tim Wea got behind the defense, uh, thanks to a Weston McKenney pass, who if, if this goal counts, He's my man of the match, but uh, Way ends up finishing a great pass that looks like it's gonna, it's 2-0 heading into the break, um, and it gets called offside. Um, it was I, I had a egg on my face in that moment because it looked like Matt Matt Turner was once again feeling really confident with the ball at his feet in his own penalty area, um, and I remember looking at you guys like as we were watching it all at the bar and just being like, "Oh my gosh, just boot the ball long, stop trying to play." Like the time is out, and then we spring this counter that looks like it was going to be two out at half, and very disappointingly, um, it ends up one out. You kind of had to remind yourself, shit, a one out game is right there for the taking for Iran play and the back in it. Um, so, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Pulisic, after that collision, I guess it must have been more like the 40, 40 first, 40 second minute they scored because, um, I know he only he only carried on for a couple more minutes before coming off, but I had to put Brendan Aronson on in place of him. What did you guys think of that uh, that that Aronson sub given the circumstances? I, I know we've discussed how this team is basically like thirteen players deep. In other words, Aronson and Geo ran off the bench. Uh, would you have liked to see Geo in that instance? I think Aronson is the great sub for right there. Um, I do have some gripes about not seeing Geo at all. But right there for 45 minutes to let the kid just go out and do exactly what he does 
for his club team, for this national team, but just run at people and be an absolute nuisance up top, I think that was the right sub. Oh, uh, you think if we were down at half or needed a goal, would you have preferred to see Reyna come on for uh, Pulisic? If Pulisic was injured in that same way, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, well, I, I guess he wouldn't. Be, I guess he wouldn't be injured if we hadn't scored, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have been. Yeah. So, catch one too. Also, just talking about a way to get injured. There's literally no greater way to get yeah. like, like <laughs> scoring a pivotal top goal for your country. Like that was the most ball-busting, worth-it scenario of all time. So, yeah, so that second half, much like the Wales game, Iran start to knock, right? You, just, you see little glimpses of it. Um, there was a play where they, they had their first, like, close chance at goal where a guy tried to put his head on a ball that Serginio Dest did a good job of putting pressure on so he wasn't able to really get there. Um, and, yeah, they really started knocking. It got concerning as uh, the subs started to pile on because, once again, it, it felt like Greg was making this just hell for all of us. He put on Kelly and Acosta to replace Weston McKenney. Uh, Acosta being a player that we've talked about before. Um, well, he is a deserving MLS addition to the squad. He should really be utilized as Tyler Adams' backup at central defensive midfielder as opposed to somebody who should be trying anything creative because um, he really just doesn't have the technical skill for it at all. Uh, Acosta and then Shaq Moore was another nightmare substitute again. He also played against England uh, for, for Serginho Dest when, when Serginho Dest had to come off. Um, and albeit, although he was better than he was in the England game, um, as Clint Dempsey said on the post game. Shaq Moore apologized to his teammates more for mistakes than actually like completed passes. So, uh, <laughs> kind of a scathing review of that. Um, and that just added just how absolutely agonizing that second half was. Um, I've watched so much soccer, and as I've talked about, you know, eight years building up to this of being a soccer fan, never having watched a World Cup. So, it would only follow that a, holding on to a 1 0 lead was so agonizing. There are times when you're watching sports about a team you love and you're having fun and, it, and it's great and you're enjoying it, even if it's, you know, high pressure. But today was, it was devastating. We were with Christian, we were with your cousin Jack, and he was basically just saying, how do you guys, how, how do you watch this? This, this is so painful. And I was just like, I, I, I don't know. But yeah. Um, it was, also like new it was just us, another right? level of pressure. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably – well, I mean, I went to college at Miami University of Ohio, so we don't necessarily have sports that we give any bit of a shit about, so I can't compare <laughs> it to any college sports. Um, Cleveland, you know, always the underdog. I was, I've never been in, like, a team driver's seat where I, like, particularly was that scared for 30 minutes. Like, we were expecting to win. We should win. And holy shit, we're holding on for dear life for 30 minutes. Never happened to me before. Um, oh, didn't, so that was Vlad, didn't Byron didn't Byron have to hold on to a one zero lead in the Champions League final? No, that wasn't as much holding on as it was just you know a shit housing. I think it was okay. I I knew that that game was PSG versus Byron, um, and I knew Neymar wasn't going to score. He played fantastic that game, but I also knew Mbappe wasn't going to score. There was mm -hmm. just no shot, no chance in my brain that that Byron team was losing <laughs> in the bubble. That was a that was a Mickey Mouse championship, but that was a that was a Bayern master. Did it, not, did it not have the same intensity as, as this particular uh, USA game for you? Well, with no fans, I think it took a little bit of the air out of it. That was during yeah. the COVID era. 
So yeah. I think with this and all the screaming and the atmosphere around, like I was watching the other game in my like room with a bunch of people that didn't watch soccer, didn't know anything yeah. about it. Like the atmosphere definitely intensified it for me um, and had me biting my nails and everything like that. So, yeah, I was, I was pumped to hear that after the, uh, once the game, you made the comment that you had never been so heavily invested in a team as, as this one. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot to do with that is all, all the time we spent on the podcast, but uh, that, that, that was a cool moment to see you like <laughs> tweaking out for the sake of the sake of love of the game. Um, that's why we love sports. So uh, what, what that agony actually looked like uh, they, they claimed handball. So this, this sequence of events where eventually the game got started again and then the ref stops it for a potential VAR and you're just holding your breath because we could not see whether it was a handball or not. Um, and it ended up not being one, ended up being totally fine. But uh, that was like a heart and mouth moment. Their one stud kind of guy, uh, he nearly got on the end of this ball. He got it on the end of it a little bit, but also felt a, a touch from Cameron Carter Vickers. And so he went down kind of easily. And I believe the ball like kind of squirted through Matt Turner and had to be essentially was rolling into the goal and had to be cleared off the line. And that was in like the 80, 98th minute or something. And then we had, you know, the the classic 10 Iranian players around me, the ref complaining about the bar check, um, which, which eventually once we saw the replay, very similar to the handball, it was pretty apparent that it wasn't a penalty, but, was nonetheless this, this two back-to-back sequences where you were holding your breath while they checked on the play in the VAR, um, and then that final whistle blew. And oh, I should point out there was also a breakaway for the U.S. Um, where Haji Wright had a chance to put the game away. Um, you guys want as two people who played soccer, you want on his his decision making here. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I mean, think he, I, I think he could have taken it to the corner flag. I also think if he actually, it, it was a pretty pathetic shot. I feel like from that angle, I have to watch the replay, but I feel like he could have got, had a better effort at it there. Um, and it was just a pretty, uh, and, and he had just been subbed on too, so it's like not like he was tired. I just remember. Yeah, he, it looked like he had tired down. legs, man. Yeah, <laughs> like that looked like, yeah, it looked like someone that had been playing all game, which you know would have made it somewhat excusable. But yeah, I, I seeing that, I was like. Come on, man. But yeah, uh, yeah. Lots of people saying he should have just taken it to the corner flag, mm-hmm. killed a couple more minutes, and the U.S. would have been out of there, out of there unscathed. I do actually think that came before all the fiasco with the potential penalty and the, the ball almost going in the back of the net. Um, it certainly got real nervy, and that maybe would have been something we pointed to. But nonetheless, whistle blows. Amazing moment. Bar goes crazy. Uh, and we are through to the knockouts. I mean, that was like a sports ecstasy moment that um, may, may be unique in effect. It's not like quite like winning a championship or anything like that, but um, so cool for these guys. I mean, so many likable characters on this team. Like I'm sure lots of our listeners saw the Tyler Adams uh, interview yesterday where he responded so maturely to a, uh, to a journalist. And then just, of course, uh, Plus, like putting everything on the line was admirable. Um, couldn't be couldn't be happier for these guys. Uh, and I think as much as people might want to call Burholter out for his X's and O's, uh, I was really impressed by 
what he did in this group stage. The, the subs were brutal at times, but, you know, as one of my friends pointed out in our group chat, that England draw, although the draw and the, the loss meant nothing mathematically, um, I, I do think there's a case where you could argue Burhalter wanted our guys to have that point all week in training, all week leading up to the Iran, Iran game, and uh, it would give them the confidence to, to really – finish finish the job and i thought that was what they did today so i uh, can't maybe can't totally give them credit for that theorizing but got to be open yeah so just to just to wrap things up really uh kind of some stand up we won't go through the whole roster but um kind of some standout performances for you guys who think played well uh lodge we can start with you uh, and and anybody you got yeah i'm gonna go three stars like in hockey um First star, probably going to Serginio Des. Uh, quality service throughout. Can't blame him for anything that happened on the pitch. Unfortunately, had to get taken off due to, God, I have to assume fitness at the end. Um, mm -hmm. But excited that he's healthy and ready to play in the next match. Uh, second star, Christian Pulisic getting the goal. Um, can't complain with anything that he did there. It was a fantastic performance throughout. Um, third star, whew, this is tough. Um I think it's got to be another defensive player. I think Walker Zimmerman came in and just solidified that back line. I think it became a little bit testy, and any ball that was in the air, it was it was almost as if everybody just backed the fuck off and was like, Walker, you have this. And I think that without him, that would have been even more scary, and there probably would have been a couple more scary chances in that. Mm -hmm. um, probably a person that I wasn't excited to see, um, was the guy replacing Serginio Des, Shaq Moore. As you mentioned, he had more apologies to his teammates than completed passes. Um, and it just comes down to the MLS guys and the fact that, as we keep on mentioning, we only have really 13 guys on this roster. Um, but, yeah, I would say overall fantastic performance from the team. Way to get it done. Yeah. Um, my top three, uh, Lodge, I like the Walker Zimmerman pick. I think – Especially, I guess, you know, in the context of this, his situation coming into this game, being benched. Um, and I think to come in the way he did, um, you know, really a huge performance. As you said, had some of those big headers, looked like a beast out there. But um, my three stars, with you on Pulisic for sure, the goal scorer, um, got to get to him. I'll agree with you on Dest as well. Um, I think Dest was the best player on the pitch today, um, was creating chances left and right, had a phenomenal game. Third, I think I'm going to go with just with good old Tim Ream. I mean, this guy has had just a great group stage. You know, no one talking about him, you know, in this game because, well, we know what we're going to get from him, don't we now? And and I really couldn't be happier with his performance. Yeah, just just a comment on Tim Ream, right? Like we talked about Cameron Carter-Vickers being hardly used in qualifying. Tim Ream got, like, one game in qualifying. So you end up starting two dudes with virtually who weren't even in the picture for the last year and a half in the – in the biggest game of the year. It's, it's pretty remarkable. And uh, the fact that they got out of there with clean shoes makes it even more impressive. Yeah. And so those are my stars. And I think maybe getting to the stuff that's not so good. I, I think, you know, the common theme of we've been finding ourselves game is, is complaining when we see, you know, Shaq Moore and, and, and the quality inevitably thing, uh, when, when that happens. I guess my question with, with, I guess, less knowledge on some of these players, right? And Shaq Moore, you know, who do we stop on if Dust is tired? And then Costa, right? Those guys in the midfield are running around a lot. We need we need to make some subs. Like, who do if Kalanick is? Is there anyone else? 
Yeah, Max. Um, in terms of the right back, right, you got Yedlin and Shaq Moore, similar profiles. Uh, Berhalter guys, MLS guys, both haven't performed, right? So, I mean, Ber- I mean, think of this, Max. Like, four years ago, if I told you we had, we had a manager who was starting every single week in Germany, like, what kind of stature would that take in your brain, right? Like, that kid would be mm-hmm. the best player on our team. Yeah. Effectively, right? And that's what oh, we yeah. have in Joe Scali. Um, and that's not to say that, like, he's a finished product. He needs to should start over desk. Anything crazy like that. But uh, the fact that we have a guy who starts every single week in Germany is not something to be taken lightly. Uh, and it feels like our coach does take it lightly and has for a long time now. Um, so I, I see no reason why not to throw Joe Scali out there. Uh, Lodge, as I've, I've said before, experience is unique in that <laughs> – it's not like he was thrown into the fire against or, or got start versus, um, you know, lesser teams. I, I believe the first couple games he played of the season were against um, were against Bayern and were against Bayern Munich and Leroy Sané, who I know is a, a player I both really like. He was just an electric winger. Um, and in Joe Scali's first ever game, he shut down Leroy Sané for the most part. Uh swap jerseys after the game there was a lot of respect there so that's somebody i would love to see get a chance especially you know free soccer right lots of we are sort of playing with house money here you've seen a couple guys who just have not worked out so let's get let's get creative here yeah 100 yeah and then i guess what about the midfield like what about in the calen acosta spot is there anyone there yeah and so talking about kind of who can replace uh calen acosta in the midfield i think just somebody strictly for legs purposes because Kellen Acosta isn't necessarily the fastest guy or the person who's going to get stuck in in a lot of these situations, which is what we're going to need um, moving forward if we do end up getting into a position where we need to have somebody who can run at the ball um, like MMA usually does for us in our midfield. I think a guy like De Luca Torre, um, somebody who is young, I think he's our age, 24, um, plays for Celta Vigo right now, hasn't had a ton of success in Europe, but just somebody else we can throw out there similar to how you were talking about Joe Scout and how Shaq Moore hasn't worked. I think at this point, the Kellen Acosta experiment should be over and we should stop throwing them out there. Um, in free soccer, I I would love to see a little bit of an experimentation from Greg because I think I might lose my marbles if we somehow end up with the lead against, against Netherlands and I see Kellen Acosta get to go on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, the drop off is just so long. So. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really all for it. Um, yeah, and just qu- real quick, my standouts, Dest, my like my man of the match as well, Pulisic, for really um, putting his body out there. Uh, I think we got to give our flowers. I-, I have a theory on Weston McKenney and his how he's viewed. Uh, I- everyone kind of thinks of him as like the class clown, and I think we have a lot of players on our team who have real specialties, right? Like Eunice Musa. Uh, he's really good at taking the ball and driving the ball. Um, Brendan Aronson is great at pressing people, like getting in people's faces and forcing mistakes. Um, and then Tyler Adams is just such a destroyer, right? And so I think Weston's overall quality just gets overlooked. He doesn't fit any of those specialties. And uh, as, as a result, I, I think he maybe gets overshadowed by a lot of people. A lot of people are even calling for him not to start uh, this game in favor of Giorena, which I, I think is pretty unreasonable. Um, 
And so I want to give him his flowers. I thought he did really well. Um, and that, that, that beautiful ball to Dest really set things up. And Dest's header to Pulisic is not, some, not something to be overlooked. It was really impressive. Um, lastly, as we mentioned, Cameron Carter-Vickers was great. And I thought Brendan Aronson did a good job of just relieving pressure um, in, those, in those tense moments in the last 40 minutes of the game. So, um, And my last negative thing, I would say that Jedi Robinson, despite the fact that he is quick, is generally really well like positioned, or if he's not, uh, can can get back and play good defense. He's making all these runs, man, where he's just looks so out of control. Uh, Lodge, I, I felt like even in the bar, you know, with some diehards but plenty of casuals, people were picking up on like Robinson just being way out of control, and almost we were hearing some groans and stuff. Yeah, I was I was a little scared every time he got the ball because much space and then he would just lose all of it like he, he it was just always one too many touches and he would take yeah. that extra touch and he would just dribble it into a position where we had absolutely no chance of doing anything with the ball like um his crossing was okay as as i kept on saying throughout the game um he's used to crossing to larger strikers as opposed to kind of our little guys in the middle mm-hmm. um when he plays club with fulham but when Get get the ball out of his feet and stop trying to have him take people on. Um, he can attack space very well. He's very fast, very quick, but don't have him don't have him try to take somebody on at, at all at this point. I think Greg needs to put that in his fucking head at this point. <laughs> Please. Oh yeah, it's it. And then when he is out of control, he loses the ball and he's not there to play defense. Right, a lot of times it's like he's so out of control that he falls or something. So, um, and I should say, man, like. I think my voice is a little bit raspy. I think we are all dead tired, but uh, we are absolutely ecstatic to be moving on. In fact, we're going to Saturday game. Um, that is exciting as heck. Uh, definitely going to have to wake up early and treat it like treat it like a game day or something like that. So, um, getting excited to, to play in the Netherlands too. I think we got a shot versus. So, all right, guys, thanks for doing this reaction. Um, hopefully, we'll be back in the studio soon, but um. What what a day to be an American soccer fan. Fight and win, baby. Fight and win. Survive in advance. Absolutely. Max, <laughs> got anything for us? No. Um, I mean, it's all about Netherlands now. I think we got a winnable game against a good team, albeit, but I think it's a game we could win. They have a few guys that are scary, but I think this guy's. So do I. Let's do it. Van Van Dyke is wash agenda starts now. Starts today. <laughs> He's gone. He's past Vir- prime. Virgil Van Disney. It's it's <laughs> it's there to be had. All right. Crash course listeners. We'll see you. Bye bye.